the uh, the, the younger demographics uh, are much more at least as engaged as as we were when we were uh, younger in, in in sports it's just different and you cannot you cannot apply the old recipe to this very different world that we are living in Hi, everybody. Welcome back in 2024 uh, for A Guy with a Scarf, a new episode with my friend Sebastien Odu. Ciao, Sebastien. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. So you are in, uh, I imagine, in France, in Paris. Where are you exactly? Uh, just in a suburb near uh, La Défense, the big uh, economic center. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so big things happening there uh, later this year. But Let's start first with uh, who is Sebastian. Oh, wow. Um, you know, former uh, journalist turned uh, digital and uh, OTT expert, I guess. Uh, somebody who started on the editorial side and became more, much more involved with the tech and business side as my career went along. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, I've been in this business, the sports media business, for 25 or so years. So I've, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, transformations. And I hope, I certainly hope we're going to see uh, much more of those transformations going forward. Because I, I still think we, we, we have a lot to do uh, to be on the right path, uh, the, the sports media industry. I agree. And one of the reasons for this episode that we agreed like two days ago, I guess, you were very nice. Uh, you, you did a post um, last week, I guess, about, you know, prediction for 2024, etc. And uh, you, you started from something that I said that I wouldn't do prediction mostly because I'm lazy or I wanted to use this idea of constant scenario scouting, etc. And you, you had a different angle, which I really like, which is, okay, I don't want to do prediction because Carlo told me it's not cool. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> then let me do something different. That was, if I interpret it well, what I hope it happens this yeah. year, will happen this year. So uh, do, you want to start, do you want to start with number one, which sure. is about French football? French football. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, everybody's uh, waiting uh, for a, a deal to be signed, hopefully in the upcoming weeks. Um, they need to have something uh, by the summer because obviously it's for the next season. Um, uh, they went through a tender process that was unsuccessful, uh, probably somewhat on purpose. And now they are negotiating with uh, a few players, I guess, uh, for a new deal. And what I read was almost everything was about money uh, and usually when those negotiations are happening it's all about you know how many millions billions they're going to get which i think is important and that's what i was writing it's it's very very important in the shortest term i mean the clubs need that money to operate properly so there's uh, obviously um, huge stakes uh, in there but Long term, if you are looking at, again, the overall sports industry outlook or more closely, the, the football industry outlook uh, for a league like, uh, like League One, who's, as we say, the fifth 
league, uh, the the four uh, best, biggest league uh, are beating their own little world, you know. And even if you want to uh, go dig a, a bit deeper, the, the Premier League is probably on its own little world. Um, so, uh, what do you want to do when you are a league one? I mean, France has been, you know, producing elite player for quite some times. Do you really want to say, okay, well, we're the fifth league in the world and it's going to stay as it is? Or do you want to be bold? Do you want to be aggressive? Do you want to be disruptive? Do you want to be, you know, really gunning for, for those big leagues uh, that are uh, above you? And obviously with the CVC investment, I guess those guys are not really here for... Uh, you know, uh, letting things happen as 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 they've, they've been happening the past uh, 20 or 30 years. So um, I think one thing about whatever the, the player or the players might be in this new deal, whether it's a, a domestic on one side, international on the other side, or multiple international deals, or one global deal, you never know. Um, I'm much more interested in what, how are we going to storytell French football? How are we going to, you know, repurpose what League One is? How are we going to, you know, showcase League One in a different angle? Something that will look different, that will be appealing to maybe younger demographics, maybe new audience, maybe a bigger audience. Um, and um, I think long term, it's really what it's about. I mean, if they want bigger contracts in the future, it will all come down to making a more compelling product, more tailored to um, what uh, the demands for tomorrow will be. So mm -hmm. uh, to me, something that almost nobody is, is, is talking about is how, how, how are we going to, uh, what will be the editorial treatment of League One? How uh, will be the international exposure? Will they try something really new uh, to showcase that uh, that um, that football worldwide. I mean, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Mm. So basically you're saying uh, in, in very short terms, it seems that there is a, a vision is a bit missing or the vision is not priority. No, I, I'm not saying that vision is missing, but at, at least the way, you know, uh, the press and everybody, you know, in the, in the sports business have been talking about those tenders in general. Okay. It's all about money. Yeah. Um, and I do feel even more in the case of League One because it's an outsider, you know, it's a, it's a challenger league. They, they need to do something yeah. different. And actually, yeah, Ben Morel yeah, yeah. was precisely saying that uh, at Sports Pro Madrid. It was, he was basically saying, yeah, well, I mean, we, we need to do things differently. We need to be a disruptor uh, in the football industry. And I do hope yeah. they find a proper partner to achieve that which I think is the yeah. most important going forward for the league. I, I agree. Okay. Clear. Very clear. Not sure if it's connected, but number two is about you want to see another MLS Apple-like deal happening, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've mentioned that. Obviously, we heard about Formula One potentially you know, being in discussion for that. Um, I've read something very interesting around the NBA. They have uh, basically an opt-out uh, 
clause in every international contract that allows them to basically, you know, get rid of all the international contract if uh, for the domestic um, uh, renewal that is coming up uh, in the in the next few months. If somebody is interested in having worldwide rights, they can do that. They can get rid of all the international contract, which is the smartest move ever, if you're asking me. Because I think it's it's uh, what was missing, for example, when the PGA Tool uh, did quite the same deal with Discovery, is that they didn't have that opt-out. So they needed to wait until each broadcasting contract in every international territory uh, was up for renewal, uh, which means, for example, in France, they had to wait until 2024, which was a long time. Yeah. Uh, and they I, I worked, uh, I was involved in the deal, deal in the absolute, yeah. my part, the product. Yeah. And, about, and, yes. and, you know, funny thing is that they had basically got rid of Golf TV before they even had a chance to get the rights in, in, in France. So that was a big issue. And the NBA, um, uh, is, is, uh, is, has been very smart in, in putting that opt out close. So, we, we talked a lot about that. I've talked a lot. I've wrote a lot about the MLS Apple deal. I think it's something really new, really interesting in the approach. I think this is exactly what those uh, big brands are, are looking for, uh, a, a truly global approach. Um, and I would be interested in, even if it's not the NBA or F1, I would very much like to see another uh, type of deal like that. Because obviously, every time you mention that deal, Everybody thinks it's very interesting. It brings something new. It will probably, you know, um, um, it will probably trigger other deals in, in in that space. But you know, so far, uh, I mean, the the sample is really small because it's it's a, it's a new deal. It's just started, and it's just one league with one uh, major player like Apple. And Apple is new on the on the sports side as well. So everything is a bit new, and it's hard to come up with conclusion around that deal only so i would like to see another deal so we can basically have more purpose to talk about yeah i i also was super excited about the mls apple deal with the same mindset so it's something new we can explore obviously you know before it's always or oh, it, it will never work etc so but when you see it happening and there are maybe three things that uh i think uh, that i have hope for one is apple it's apple Second, it's 10 years, and third is the MLS, meaning if they work together, uh, they have more freedom than traditional, maybe leagues, traditional media companies, and they may create something that is different, finally. And again, we'll see, but I, I agree, if you have more of the similar kind of deals, there is more exploration and more proof. It's a model that can work or not at all. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly why I want that to to happen again yeah. uh, sometime this year. So, number three, where I'm a bit less expert. No, I mean, I have less passion for it, but maybe because I didn't capture maybe something that is there. And, and you may talk, tell me more. Pro golf. It's about pro golf. Leave obviously PGA Tour, etc. What's your view there? Yeah, I mean, golf has been in trouble. At least pro golf has been in trouble for a while. But, you know, having been, uh, obviously, before uh, going to the digital side of the business at Canal, I, I was the head of golf there. So uh, I followed that quite closely for about a decade. I'm still following that uh, very closely. Um, and there were a lot of issues with golf that were 
basically, you know, under the mat. Nobody was really looking at that. Two different governing bodies, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a PGA Tour very powerful, the European Tour that was struggling, a Ryder Cup that is split in two different organizations, um, four different majors that are run completely differently. You know, there were a lot of issues with pro golf. Nobody was really seeing that or nobody was really willing or wanting to see that. And then came Leaf Golf. And then suddenly everybody was, you know, suddenly realizing <laughs> all the issues uh, that were happening with pro golf. Uh, I guess uh, the good that came with leave was that exactly that. Okay, now we cannot ignore all Shake the, up. the issues exactly. And now, obviously, the PGA Tour is negotiating with uh, with the private equity plus the PIF. Uh, whatever the, the the deal is, I I do hope that we can you know somewhat start fresh. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, was missed because for a long time, the PGA Tour was really, you know, uh, first they were operating on a very good business model being a non-profit in the US. The, the, the tournament sponsors were basically acquiring most of the advertising on TV. So for, for NBC and CBS, that was really a no-brainer uh, to, to acquire golf because you could fill in the, the advertising slots years before uh, any tournament. So... They had such a great business models that they were not, uh, they, 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 do, they did not feel the need to look elsewhere, even though they had more and more international players coming to their tour. Unlike the NBA, for example, they had, they had to do something. And if you look at the revenue, now the, the revenue uh, for the NBA are, are huge. I mean, coming from the international side. Um, the yeah. PGA Tour didn't really have to do that. The European Tour was somewhat struggling, making a lot of money with the Ryder Cup, but uh, the rest of the business was not as good because uh, it was harder on the European side and they were playing in Asia. And, and Australia had the terrific player and great courses, but had troubles, you know, making uh, things happening. And it was all because nobody was really working together. Everybody was working against each other. And that was the big issue in golf. And I do hope that we can get a true you know international uh world tour where the best courses in the world with the most tradition you know for years we we, we struggled in france we had the the oldest continental uh event uh, the, mm -hmm. the the oldest event in continental europe uh with the french open i mean we we can say yeah. uh, also a lot about the italian open or the spanish open i mean those national open mean something and they need to be treated you know as uh, the PGA Tour is calling that now the best tournament, the elevated event. They need to be elevated somehow. Um, mm -hmm. And again, maybe before it was hard because it was very, you know, local sponsorship. Now I think uh, we're in the global world where everybody's um, is trying to uh, achieve, you know, world domination. So uh, maybe it will be easier <laughs> to build a world tour. Maybe again, coming to my second point, you can get new deal where. Somebody is more interested in having a global deal, a global partnership, um, or maybe it will be, you know, direct to consumer or whatever. I mean, the, the, I mean, some people in the in the golf media have been mentioning the the PGA Tour might be willing to acquire Golf Channel, for example. We'll see, which will be another mm -hmm. way of going direct to consumer. You you basically acquire the main media uh, covering your sport. Um, so many things should be happening in the next. 
uh, in the next year. And and unlike many of my other points, you're, you're pretty sure something is going to happen in, in 2024 because they need mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. come up with the with the deal with the private equity and with the PIF by April. So we'll 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 at least have some thing to talk about and to think about in in the upcoming months. And I do hope that they will they will be looking at that with a an innovative state of mind, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, my, my time in golf has mostly been with European Tour and when Mark Lichtenheim was there and I was able to launch a lot of digital products like in months. I was really, really like that, that period, yeah. Then the fourth point, which uh, I think I know what you mean, but uh, tell me more, is Europe catching up in the entertainment space, correct? Yeah, say it correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, even though I'm French, I, I've worked on American sports my uh, my whole career. You know, I started with the NBA and then the uh, American golf. Um, and as much as I would uh, see Europe catching up quickly uh, to how the US is approaching uh, sports, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're still a bit uh, far away from that. Um, uh, I would love I mean it, it's I mean when you see the reaction for example on on the Super League project uh, whatever you think about that I'm, I'm not saying it's the perfect project I'm not saying it's good or bad I'm just saying it was all about and that was a bit the, the case in golf at least in Europe it's all about you know protecting the tradition and and so on I I, I do get that I'm you know I've been watching golf my whole life so I'm, I'm all about the tradition I've I've mentioned that uh, to, uh, regarding golf but I don't think we should you know put tradition against entertainment sports mm -hmm. is entertainment and today sports is fighting with a lot of forms of entertainment it's not like it's football against tennis or golf against cricket. It's, uh, you know, sports against, you know, original shows on Netflix, for example. It's uh, uh, traditional sports against video games. It's, it's, it's many things happening where you only have 24 hours a day to spend doing stuff. And uh, a lot of that you're going to be working and mm -hmm. then sleeping. So you don't have much time to do anything else. And and there's a lot of uh, competition in that in that regard, and I think sports should really you know start acting like it's an entertainment business. How do we make our product more appealing to the consumer? It's in the end, it's that. And mm. sometimes I know that I was, and you probably went through some of those discussions as well. Is that it's it's shocking to some people in the sports industry when you start mentioning you know words like product. How about your product? And say, so, well, you you mentioning uh, our league, our game. Yeah, I mean, it's a product. I mean, it's a product that you've been selling, and it, it, your product needs to be better because otherwise, you're going to lose. You're, you're going to lose market shares. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's a business in the end. Um, to be honest, and, and, I was using I was using exactly this point, but not in a in a polemic way. No, I was explaining that uh, something we were discussing. It's the problem. It's defining what your product is. Now, the I don't know. We were talking about um, what you put in the product, the data, how you use the data in football. Product. I mean, product is a word that uh, is very well, very often misunderstood. But it's kind of crucial. Okay, I'm a product guy, so it's easy to yeah. say. Uh, it's. I think it's often important because it's kind of the synthesis of a lot of other areas around it. To be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think it should be about entertainment, and and uh, it it will be the perfect transition to my last point, which is, I mean, how do you gonna get? Younger demographics Wait, into sports. I have to, I have to do five. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> number five, which I understand is connected, is 
and I like the way you put it. It's obviously sport and Gen Z, but you stay that you, I can, I let you tell the, your, your take on it. Sport and Gen Z, you say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I've read so many articles. I mean, if you Google Gen Z and sport, you're going to come up with, you know, uh, stories of the apocalypse you know oh it's gonna be the end of sports we're, go we're all gonna be out of job you know because those younger demographics they are not interested in in sports you know they are not fans of anything they don't want to pay for anything you know i actually wrote another post about that um after the last one um and and i do think it's 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 an easy way out for many uh sports executive in the industry okay well there's no solution to that challenge. Uh, so we're going to keep doing exactly what we've been doing forever. <laughs> and then what happens, happens, you know, and I, I do not believe that. I think in many ways, the, uh, the, the younger demographics uh, are much more, at least as engaged as, as we were when we were uh, younger in, in sports. It's just different. And mm -hmm. you cannot you cannot apply the old recipe to this very different world that we are living in. And I do think there are a lot of opportunities for the sports properties who, instead of being afraid of Gen Z, will actually you know see that as a great great challenge and great opportunity for growth. Because I think there are a lot of growth to be had uh, with those younger demographics. I mean, they are very much into sports but they are not at all into sports the way i was into mm -hmm. sports 20 years ago uh mm -hmm. and again i was writing that in the post i think you know the music industry changed completely in the past 20 years we've seen the video game industry change completely as well where we went from you know you, you're buying a game on a cartridge or on a cd or whatever and then that's it and now it's you're gonna need to acquire, you know, DLCs and you know, virtual money, and um, and you're gonna buy skins in Fortnite and so on, and and you you keep buying stuff. Uh, so it's a very different business model than the one that we had like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for some reason, the sports media industry feels that they shouldn't have to change, which I think is wrong. In theory, there is a lot of announcement or we're doing this for Gen Z, etc. But I like the way you said it, uh, sports shouldn't be afraid of Gen Z. Because I think in the end, mostly because obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the leaders in sport and media are not Gen Z. Uh, you try to be protective of your generation, I think. Even if, I, I try not to, but, and I have young kids. But still, I mean, there is a kind of uh, need to protect uh, your species. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I do get that. But I think at some point, again, coming back to the it's a business. And um, when you are in a business, you should uh, try and see the opportunities lying with uh, any new challenges. And, and I think sometimes we miss that in sports because we are so convinced that they are lost for sports, which I don't think it's true. Mm -mm. But on the other end, you know what is a common factor of, I don't want to say everything you mentioned, but very often, and it was the same in the other transformation that you mentioned about uh, video games, et cetera, et cetera. The new revenue streams are less fat than the one we were used to. Yeah. And very often they're more direct to consumer and a bit less B2B. 
And that's a very difficult transition. One, because D2C is super difficult. You're meaning you're dealing with a lot of people that can be happy or unhappy in question of seconds. So you can really risk. You may risk with a contract, but a contract B2B is something in general solid. Uh, With uh, consumers, you risk every moment, every moment. So it's, it's a difficult world. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and that, that that's the issue is that the the, the system um, uh, is only basically half broken. Is that you 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 know that the the new world will never be as comfortable as the as the previous yeah, one. Exactly. So you really don't want exactly. to to get into that. <laughs> But I mean, do you want do you want to wait until you 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 start really falling where you might hurt yourself, or you 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 need to you know be proactive and, and start, you know, maybe, you know, building a parachute or something, you know? <laughs> no, I, I think you hope that this, the model uh, resists until you either retire or you, and your mandate ends. So yeah, I, I'm, glad you've, I'm, I'm glad you said it, because that, that's, that's terribly true. Many people will think, yeah, I mean, okay, those Gen Z, somebody else will have to tackle that, you know, uh, I'll be retiring in Hawaii or whatever, and I will be enjoying myself at the beach. So, uh, so not not my issue. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> my man, so uh, 2024, uh, shall we close on what's going on in your city in 2024 quickly, if you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the 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 fact that uh, I might have trouble getting out for like two weeks, <laughs> considering <laughs> I'm living like 300 meters from the Paris La Défense Arena, which was ah, one of the main, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> one of the main uh, uh, arena for the Olympics, where the 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 swimming will ha- will be happening, uh, which will be very cool because it's 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 basically an indoor stadium, and they're going to do swimming in there, which which I think is really, I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting um site for for the olympics obviously the opening ceremony many people have, have mentioned that on, yeah, on the Seine yeah, river it's going to be it's going to yeah, be crazy yeah. um many you know uh outdoor events like beach volley i think beach volley is at la concorde so uh, or in sean mm-hmm. mars i don't remember so it, but in any case yeah. it, it will be uh, quite amazing so um Yeah, I mean, it will be uh, it will be very interesting, and um, obviously, as a basketball fan, very much looking forward to maybe a, a USA France rematch with Victor Wembanyama <laughs> against a very good USA team because they, they they definitely want to get that gold after the the, the past yeah. failure in the in the in the World Cup. So it's it it will yeah. be interesting, and obviously, it's it's. I mean, uh, it's 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 one in a lifetime event, so you you want to be able to enjoy that. You know, I was uh, lucky enough yeah. to have started my career during the '98 World Cup, uh, oh, and wow. I was I was basically working. I mean, the, the 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 young sports channel that I was working for was basically like half a mile from the Stade de France. So it was oh, very wow. interesting because we were in the middle of things, and um, say so I do hope that. Uh, That it's going to be great and uh, everything will run uh, smoothly. Okay. Va bene. So maybe let's reconnect closer to the Olympics to see how things are progressing. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carlo.